So as I find myself in this interesting space, uh, probably a former fashion studio turned into an Airbnb in Budapest. They say Budapest, not Pest. So I was thinking about, you know, what should you do to overcome the trauma of adverse childhood experiences, such as abuse, psychological abuse, physical abuse, neglect, um, you know, and the mental warping you suffer if you have been raised, for example, by narcissistic parents or other kinds of abusers. So I'm making this series of videos called Raised by Narcissists. Uh, I'm not a therapist. My disclaimer is I am a witness speaking to you about firsthand accounts and I can give you my own thoughts about these uh, occurrences, these events. And I knew about, well, let's say five or six years ago, I found the solution to my problem. In order to heal from abuse, you have to stop remembering the bad things that happened to you and the negative thoughts. But you can only do this if you uh, create or build a cushion of positive memories that you can fall back on. So, for example, a cushion. A cushion of positive memories. Why is this such a big deal? It turns out that um, if you've been hurt, say uh, you were in a fight, someone hit you in the head, knocked you out, gave you a concussion, that alone would have given you depressive thoughts at the time. Might have taken a few weeks to heal your concussion and then still later, you would still, months later, even years later, you could still feel the physical effects of that. But let's talk about the mental effects of being hit in the head and being knocked out and having that much pain. Every time you remind yourself of this event, you will once again relive what it's like to be a lower ranking human being. This is all about the human social pecking order. If you've been beaten a lot, you're at the bottom of the order. You're at the bottom of the pack. If you've been, for example, the scapegoated child in a narcissistic household where you were always insulted, you were always blamed for everything wrong with the parents, or you were the one, perhaps even a, a non-existent child, meaning you were overlooked. You were completely ignored as though you didn't exist. Uh, you were neither seen nor heard. You were told to be quiet and invisible. This too puts you at the bottom of the pack. Now, if you grow up in a narcissistic household, that means almost all of your memories are going to be negative. Your entire brain is wired in a negative way that will later in life set you up for more failure. Now, there are only a few ways to get yourself out of this condition. One way would be that your abusers somehow magically turn around, apologize for the abuse and start treating you with the respect and uh, you know, validity that you deserve. That's unlikely to happen though. That usually means that if you are the victim of abuse, where you were kicked to the curb, so to speak, you were made the lowest ranking member in your household and perhaps as a consequence of that, you live that way. You live as a low ranking individual, socially speaking, which will have 
all sorts of emotional, social implications. Like you're not going to be very successful in relationships. First and foremost, you don't believe you deserve to have a good relationship with anybody. If you believe you're a bad person, because that's how you were treated. You were told you're bad. You have a negative self-image that isn't real. It doesn't align with reality, but it is what you have come to believe is real. It's in your head. You have a negative self-image, a false self-image that you have embraced as you. This is how I am. This is how I was born. This is what people tell me. I was always like that, even when I was a little kid. You didn't know that the people who tell you that are lying to you. They're actually trying to kick you to the curb. They're putting you down on purpose because they perceive you as a threat or as an unwanted member in their household or whatever their reasoning is, it doesn't really concern you. It's all lies. It's not real. It's a false self-image. So you go into you grow up into adulthood with this false self-image, with a personality wired for self-sabotage and self-hatred. And then you meet somebody who actually likes you, who loves you, may even fall in love with you. But you can't believe that because you think, I'm no good, I'm bad. And if this person likes me and loves me, then they're liking and loving a bad person. That means they must be bad too. And if they're a bad person, I don't need to be with them. And see how that works? You set yourself up for failure. You think you're a bad person, you have a negative self-image, someone loves you, someone likes you. But because you think you're bad and they like a bad person, that makes them bad. And I'm not gonna be with bad people, I wanna be with good people, right? And so you keep telling that yourself, you're sabotaging your social life, you're sabotaging your love life, right? What's the way out of this? That's the point of this video. What's the way out of this negative self-conditioning? You're setting yourself up for self-sabotage because you were raised in a very negative situation, a narcissistic household in my case, for example, where both my parents treated me as a scapegoat child. You, know, you can watch my other videos about all the sorts of different facets of abuse that I suffered. Turns out there is a way out that you do control yourself. You have to somehow turn your negative self-image into a positive self-image, your false self-image into a more realistic or real self-image. Now, how do you do it? How do you do it? The answer is, uh, it, it's hard to do it, but it can be done. You're going to have to go out into the world and collect new experiences. But this time, you're gonna to have to look for positive experiences. This is easier said than done since you still have a negative uh, self-image. You first have to convince yourself to try again, to go out into the world again, as you've done so many times before and failed, you're gonna to have to do that again and again and again, but this time you're gonna to have to expose yourself to situations where the outcome is more likely to be beneficial to you, where you will be treated with respect, where you will be liked by good people, right? What I did in my case, uh, I think I was around 34, 35 years old. I packed up everything. I sold all my belongings. I uh, left home, well, I canceled my rent and then left my hometown of Amsterdam at the time with a, a backpack with basically everything I owned and everything I, I could carry with me. And I set out to travel. I traveled mostly Eastern Europe, but also Northern Europe a bit. I even went to Iceland, 
all on low budget, mind you. This is all on a shoestring budget, like sleeping in my own tent, for example, on a campsite, and not. I'm not staying in hotels. You know, I'm eating sandwiches from the supermarket, not from the deli, right? So, uh, what happened is, I exposed myself through many years of traveling. Basically, I was a wandering bum, but the ability to travel so much around Europe um, exposed me to a lot of people since I was sleeping in hostels for $5 a night or $10 a night. Exceptions were there where I paid $20 a night, so to speak. But I met so many people. I was exposed to so many more people, like many more people than I was exposed to living in Amsterdam for several years. In Amsterdam, I went to this same office every day, met the same people there, and, and those people were no good match for me. I, I won't have to insult them any more than that. They were just no good match for me. Uh, they, they couldn't help me. I felt that I finally needed to meet some people who were actually going to be good to me, so that by, so that by remembering the interactions with them, I would have what I call the cushion of positive memories. And it worked. You know, I went to Italy, I went to Greece, Albania, Romania, Bulgaria, Poland, uh, Estonia, Finland, Sweden, Iceland, and back again, even to Hungary and so on and so forth. I met so many people and most of these traveling people were just like me, soul searchers. They were trying to find themselves. Some of them even succeeding in finding themselves. And I had so many experiences with these people because I also spent hours talking to them in the evening hours and going out with them and doing other activities with them and you know sharing breakfast with them and so on and so forth. And, and they were so good. They were such kind, nice people. If I shared food with them, they shared back with me. You know, if I was nice to them, they were nice to me. I finally, for the first time in my life, believe it or not, I grew up in the Netherlands. I went through primary school. That was shit. Went through high school. That was shit. Went to university. That was shit. You know, then went to work in Amsterdam. That was totally shit. Oh, I also spent six years in Munich. Uh, working on a self-employed IT company, that was shit. And only when I started traveling, when I let everything behind, when I burned the ships behind me, so to speak, I started meeting such great people because they were like me. They were travelers trying to find themselves. Many of them had their own you know, psychological baggage, but that didn't harm our interactions. It was that traveling experience that inadvertently, I didn't really plan for it, but it gave me the cushion of positive experiences. Looking back now, if I start to think about, if I want to look for a positive memory, something that makes me happy, I will think back of the time I was traveling as a wandering bum. I was poor, I didn't have any income, I was doing everything off of a shoestring budget, but it's because of the new people I met and the new experience I gathered. I'll give you one example. I went hiking in northern Sweden, and at some point there was a pass, the highest point of the King's Trail, uh, called the Chekcha Pass. According to the brochure, the snow should have molten already, but it, it was still very snowy up there, up high up there. And I started hiking through the snow, but the snow was soggy, and I, I sank in through the snow all the way here to my belly button, and it was icy cold and freezing, and that means all of a sudden, 
uh, I was stuck in this water. I, I uh, removed my backpack, which was very heavy because everything I needed was in there. I threw my backpack onto the snow like a sort of buoy so I could climb out of this soggy mess. And as I climbed out of this, I turned around and I saw almost a dozen people <laughs> watching me do that. <laughs> and they thanked me because I showed them what not to do, where not to walk. But then something fun happened. Uh, as we were then a bit quarreling about how to you know, maneuver through this pass to get across, uh, I took a leadership role. Just for a few, 15 minutes or so, I was the leader, just for a little bit. And I had this plan, how about we walk down the side of these mountain ridges, we, we, rather than walking in the middle of the valley, walk down the side and we go up all the way to the cabin up there. And lo and behold, those people, they followed me. And as we got up there into this wooden cabin where we could warm ourselves, there was no heating there, but if you, if you're 12 people in a, in a small lodge and you close the door, uh, very quickly your body heat will heat up the interior. We were nice and warm. And then people started complimenting me, said thanking me, said, what do, you, what do you mean? I said, well, you must be the real leader. You've done this many times before. And I'm like, no, this is the first time I ever done something like this. But I like that. You see, it's a positive memory for me. You know, just for a little bit, for 15 minutes of my life in that moment, I was the leader of the group. And I like being the leader. And now I know I like being the leader. And now I know I can be the leader because people will perceive me that way. If I take the lead, people see me as the leader. Right? This is a positive memory and I've collected obviously many more such memories during my many travels in those years. And that has given me a new foundation, the cushion of positive memories. If something goes shit in my life today, I think back of the positive times when I was a leader, when I was liked and loved, right, and appreciated, right? I think back of those positive things and what happens in my mind? No stress, no depression, right? Uh, no strain on myself. <laughs> and instead, I actually feel good and confident. Because if I would have to remember the bad times when I was a kid or a teenager, and if I would have to fall back on that cushion of negative memories or those naturalist bushes of negative memories, I would feel hurt again. I would feel depressed again. I would start to tell myself, I, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I need help. Rather than, hey, wait a minute. I can be the leader. I can help myself and people will follow me when I do that. I've been lucky that through these travels, I met the, the right people and I acquired positive memories, memories I never had before. I didn't have many good memories from age, from before age 35. I didn't have much good memories to rely on, but after age 35, all of a sudden, I started collecting more and more positive memories and it really starts to change my life. So this, this is it, this is what you have to do. If you've suffered abuse, and you keep reminding yourself of it, you, keep, you also keep reminding yourself of those negative times and the negative role you played, and you will feel negative. And the only way to get out of that is to, yes, try again, go out into the world again, but this time make sure to acquire positive memories so you can rely on those in the future. And when you do that, you're gonna advance in every other aspect of your being.